Welcome to Absolute Comics, guys, the show that Sal and I bring to you at twitch.tv slash comicstorian every Tuesday at about 5 p.m. Eastern. So we're doing right now. Uh, we're going to try to start getting this up on, on YouTube side. We honestly want to try and get better numbers on Absolute Comics so that it can get its own advertisers. Very much how Comics Experiment does. But we need to start drumming up more numbers for that to be a viable thing. Hence why it was on YouTube for those couple of seconds before I had to pull it down because my internet's not working. Um, I'm Benny. I'm known as the Comic Historian. That is Sal. He is known as Comic Pop. And you can find both of us on YouTube talking about comics book stuff in general. Uh, today's going to be a bit of a wonky episode as we are technically just waiting for Scott Snyder to arrive to talk about his book again, Nocturna, and to talk about um, uh, what was the other? Oh, and talk about DC. Uh, I'm also trying to log into the setting thing right here. The um, I, I want to comment real quick on his book, though. I, I want to say it before he gets here. Sure. Uh, I noticed he changed the name from Nocturnal to Nocturna, yes. and I think I know why, and I want to ask him. Whenever I Googled Nocturnal Kickstarter, he got bumped down by two of them. But there he is! Let's ask him! Hey, there we go. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. We're already live, so you're right in the show. We literally just introed it, and we were talking about your book. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you. You will probably hear the sounds of baby Einstein behind me where we uh, I have my our one year old like penned in with the nine year old watching him for money. But it is, uh, <laughs> the nine year old. What is your promise? What, what is what is the going rate of nine year old babysitting rules now? He gets he gets extra dessert. he loves this place in town called yogo delish where you like put the yogurt in and then you can make like as many toppings as you want so it's like there's like a drop of yogurt and then just like all mounds of candy yeah candies (laughs) yeah i've got a similar thing that we got around here and i even me at 36 will go in there and be like the yogurt's the healthy part. It's healthy. Look at all the gummy bears I put on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. There's protein in there. There's protein. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so how are you guys doing? Oh, uh, we're doing good. But I was actually just bringing up a theory I had as to why you changed the name from Nocturnal to Nocturna. And I wanted to ask you and you came right in. Sure. Okay. Oh, well, we did it. I mean, basically, uh, we thought of Nocturnal. It was supposed to be like a blend of Eternal and, you know, Nocturnal. And then uh, it was actually James Tynan who came up with it, which I really loved. And then uh, we um, thought of Noctera right after we launched, and we both were like, ah, if only. And then um, when I started to do a search for Nocturnal um, in terms of other things, after I had done it already, but when I started to search for like ancillary stuff, a couple other things popped up. There was a comic uh, by Dan Brereton called The Nocturnals, and there was a kid series uh, called The Nocturnals in books. And so we were like, you know what? Why don't we just let people first? We're gonna let people vote on the new name, and then I was like, "Oh no, that's a bad idea." Where I was, because <laughs> no matter we were gonna. Then I was like, "Well, what if we have Noctera, which we love, and then we'll put another terrible one that's like Black Rain Sun Eclipse Night Monster?" You know? <laughs> and then I was like, "No, because they will pick that one <laughs> deliberately. They will both go to face your 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 book. You don't want to do that." Right. So you'd have to be like override their vote. So um, no, we uh, we. Uh, uh, chose uh, Noctera and we figured we'd let people in and just see the whole process of like doing a book like this. So you know, that's part of the fun of the campaign. It's been like so much more work than I expected. Uh, but it's been really like interactive work where you talk to fans and I've done a ton of AMAs like with them and chats and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's been, yeah. it's actually been really inspiring. And and the community on Kickstarter is great where it's like there are, people are always alerting you to other great projects and, 
and creators. So it's been a, a real, uh, a real moment of discovery for me. So for the record, that's exactly the reason. That was my theory as to why you changed the name. Because when because when we had the first interview with you and it was still nocturnal, I googled it and I'm like, oh, it's like four down. All right, well there it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think he changed it because he wasn't. It, you didn't have the SEO for it. It was just too broad of a topic. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we had so. we had the trademark. We had already put in for nocturnal because there was nothing spelled that way. But it was just like you know, I don't know. I didn't want it to be something where, and we didn't want to step on anyone's toes. I spoke to Dan yeah. Raritan about it. He was super nice. Like so, all of it. We just we wanted to play fair and make sure we were giving everybody oxygen. Okay. Um, if you just to get, get you in a better mood or potentially worse mood, do you want to hear some of the uh, interesting names the chat has? If you if you had left it up to them, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. Um, I like uh, Nighty Time Punchers. That was one that would apparently they would have suggested. Yes. I, I yes. <laughs> I was expecting Knock. a lot of like metal puns and things that laugh and so on. Oh sure. I, I well, I mean, the, the, I mean you got, not everyone always always wants Batman. We know you want to work on your other stuff. I like <laughs> this one, Nocturnally Mick Nocturnal Face. Uh, <laughs> not Genius. bad, not bad. It's like a lot of font, but we can go. Yeah, for exactly. It. Yeah. Oh, I uh, like Nocturnal Emissions, the sickening. Nocturnal Emissions. <laughs> There was. There I wasn't were, gonna we, say we that one. A lot of we went through a lot of bad titles ourselves. There were a few where we were like, because then we got fixated on like, well, what's not taken? What and we were like, what means? But everything is taken by a teen vampire <laughs> romance that has the word night in it. Yep. Or eternal. I swear to you, every permutation of that that idea is like is taken. Like uh, uh, so. We were like, there are all these words that we were like, well, you know, what means like the darkening? Where it was like. The duskening, the dampening <laughs> dark, the deepening darkening, and it was bad. Yeah. It was just there were a lot of bad options, but we really love this one, um, and uh, we're excited to kind of finally found our titular home. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about the uh, campaign a little bit more then, and we'll let we'll yeah, let sure. them prep up some DC related. So, real quick, yeah, chat prep up questions you want to ask him while he's talking about nocturnal so that afterwards we can go right into some of your questions. So we're not kind of doing that weird middle ground where it's like, all right, exactly. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> ask me, ask me whatever you want. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, two days left in the campaign. We're, uh, we're like, we're over the hump of all the work. Now we're just kind of coasting it out, seeing where it lands, really excited, really grateful. I mean, it's like way beyond what we, we had to like, make up stretch goals at a certain point because i was like we're where so um we're really thrilled uh but uh, uh yeah ask me anything you want about anything i'm gonna be i want to be like i don't know this whole phase of my career i feel like you know i've always tried to be pretty open and transparent with fans but i'm so excited about getting to work on stuff that that i have full control over that it's just you know really engendered a spirit of wanting to and the kickstarter too just wanting to reconnect especially at a time where things you know are uh things right now with both companies I think are um, are promising in a lot of ways but are also so corporate in terms of you know parent companies and all that stuff too so it's fun to fun to be able to to get out a little bit outside of that that matrix but two days left in the campaign we're closing in our final stress goal which we made up because it's so far you know past what we thought but we're nearing 200k uh, and um, for that we're gonna give in a free um, in case you're not following, Nocturna, Noctera is a, I almost did it myself, Noctera is a, <laughs> it's a new horror series I'm doing with uh, Tony Daniel, um, superstar artist, Tony Daniel uh, from Batman and Detective, and uh, and Tameo Mori, you know, colorist on Batman right now too, and uh, and Darren Bennett, who lettered me a bunch, he's great, 
And, uh, and essentially it imagines that this eternal night falls over the earth and it's a darkness that changes anything that uh, stays in it for more than 48 hours into a monster called a shade, like this twisted kind of predatory version of itself. And uh, so, uh, on, real quick, Scott, yeah. just two seconds. Uh, I think you're, you're, are you dropping frames or something, Sal? Am I? Cause your Twitch is falling apart. Oh, that's weird. No, it should be fine. Yeah. I just checked it. Oh, is it me? No, no, it's no, 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 no. It, the whole thing is falling apart. They can't hear what you're saying. So you're just, you're basically just talking to me and Sal for a moment. No, so I'm trying to correct fine. that real quick. Oh, no worries. Me? Yeah, sure. Tell no, me where no, I left off and I'll go back. Yeah, no, we're, I'm just, I'm listening to this, to the stream right now. All yeah. right, Scott, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no worries. I was giving you my elevator pitch. If we were in an elevator going like 5,000 floors, uh, <laughs> but it's like, uh, the idea is that uh, an eternal night swallows the earth. Like tomorrow, what if we woke up and it was just night forever? And it's a darkness that changes anything that stays in it for more than 48 hours into a monstrous kind of predatory version of itself called a shade. Um, and so birds, bats, deer, humans are like the worst. Nobody lives to tell about them. And so our main character is a trucker in this world. Her name's Val Riggs. And when she was very young, uh, before she was adopted, she had really bad vision. She had terrible cataracts. And then she had surgery, corrective surgery, when she was adopted, when she was about four or five. But she still remembers all these kind of adaptive skills and, and this time of living in the darkness that she had when she was very young. And so her call sign as a trucker is the sun as she saw it when she was very little, this kind of red ring. And she's like the most badass, like accomplished trucker on the roads. And she drives this like 18 wheeler. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. First, sorry. It's my nine year old. I apologize. Uh, the, uh, um, you, a, you have a swear jar? You have to go put I, it in the swear jar. More, more yoga delish topping. <laughs> <laughs> more, more toppings. Exactly. They just go into his mouth. Just the whole thing. <laughs> the, the, uh, um, but so she drives this 18 wheeler with weaponized lights and it's just big, fun, high octane, nonstop survivalist horror. It's like a big soap opera, but I'm doing all this extra stuff with it too. I'm doing a prose story for every issue of the first arc, like a mini prose story. And um, we're really making it something special with the, the kind of, with the campaign, the idea was to safeguard it financially against um, any kind of uh, fluctuation in the market because of COVID, if, if image or, you know, it had to halt or if retailers had to close or any of that stuff, we just didn't want to get stuck where we couldn't make the book. So the idea was to be able to raise enough money that we could secure the first six issues, which is like our first arc, regardless of what happened and offer people something that was connected that allowed them like inside the process. And cause we miss talking to fans and letting them in, letting them in and see sort of our collaboration, the way we can, when we can go to conventions and sign things. So the, the, what we're offering is like a black and white edition of the book. It's Tony's art. It's my script. I don't really give away my scripts pretty much ever. Um, you can get it signed. It's unlettered. Uh, and it has an essay, a little short story, uh, and, if you get if we hit this goal, you get a free print from Handsomest Man in Comics, Jorge Jimenez. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's a beautiful image. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen his Instagram. He he does like to show off. Yeah, like <laughs> you know when you meet him, it's just like you know you just like slump suddenly. It's just like <laughs> why am I trying? I, I, it's it's yeah. There's no there's no competing. But um uh the uh. The uh, you get we're going to throw in more free stuff as well once we get past that goal. That's our and uh, you know we're really closing in on it. So mostly we just don't want people to miss out because we're not going to offer this one again. And everything that I make from it, all the proceeds go towards uh, the next book that I'm doing, um, or one of the next books that I'm doing for Best Jacket, which is the label that I'm starting now for the, my own indie work. So some of the books I already have funding for through other um, channels through you know 
you have all kinds of different ways of doing it, like selling the foreign rights and the movie rights or finding, um, you know, different, different kinds of investment. But I'm going to tomorrow morning, actually, at nine, uh, we're going to show at least one book that benefits directly from this um, because it's on the same kind of track. So it's coming out, uh, you know, an image. It's a direct market book. Yeah, honey? Yeah, they'll be back soon. They're coming back. Yes, your mom and your brother will be back. <laughs> yes, I promise. The, uh, so, um, Never coming back. <laughs> it's ominous. But the, uh, <laughs> he's also like, he's, he, he's such a cute kid. He has the look of like one of the kids from like a Japanese horror movie, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's kind of haunted. So whenever he asks me like that, I'm always like, why? What do you know? Um, the, uh, so we don't want people to miss out. We're not going to offer it again. Uh, there's a retailer option for retailers. I should have mentioned that more. I feel like they, they took advantage of it, but I should have hit that drum a little harder for them. So they remember, so they, everybody saw it, but, um, it gives it to them. Basically they can buy it basically at cost. Um, and then 10% of those proceeds go to BINC. And, um, yeah, so I'm announcing at least one book that benefits directly from it. It's a direct market book through image similar to this, um, tomorrow morning. I'm excited. It's, somebody I haven't worked with before up and comer and different kind of book too. That's, that's part of the goal is to just do totally different stuff. So this book, I haven't done that kind of like, you can't catch your breath, like nonstop horror. Um, I've done like, you know, really like emotional horror, creepy horror, all that stuff. But this sort of like barreling down the road, you can't stop for a second action horror thriller stuff is like new to me. So I'm excited about that. And the thing tomorrow you'll see, I haven't done something like that. And then I've teased books from like, People that, you know, did some of the promos for us, like Francis, hey, honey, Francis Manipal and uh, and uh, uh, Jock and uh, Francesco Francavilla. You've seen uh, a couple other people I think I mentioned prematurely, um, not prematurely, like the books are all in production, but prematurely, like, you know, I don't want to give too much away too early. Um, but yeah, so there are a bunch of people I've worked with throughout my career who are going to be part of it. And then people who are brand new who I haven't worked with before, but whose work I really admire. So. I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, really exciting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Uh, that's that's kind of where we are. Please, if you can, the the whole idea with this is is just to 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 do something connective, allow people into part of our uh, to our collaboration and all that stuff. And uh, we don't want people to miss out. So if you know anybody that would enjoy it, um, please tell them. Uh, again, like none of it is like going into my pockets for profit. It's all it's all meant to sort of pay it forward to other art teams that we're going to work with and make sure that we have the funds to pay page rates um, in advance. And also sometimes even hopefully pay a page rate and not recoup anything from the royalties, just experimenting with ways of making comic books in a good way, you know, going forward in a volatile market. So, you know, yeah. I'm excited. I mean, the whole market's going to be interesting just moving forward just because of COVID and the way it's changed everything. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see you try to cut, go, tackle it with your own perspective on it and how you want to handle it as opposed to just being like, all right, well, I hope DC and Marvel figure it out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I be honest, like I can talk really honestly about that stuff too. I mean, you know, it's really hard right now with a lot of stuff going on over there with DC seeing the firings and, and, uh, and, you know, my, my, closest buddy over there, Mark Doyle was like, you know, left yesterday pretty much. Uh, and there are a lot of people I think that were doing great work that were let go. Um, and it was, it was definitely not something or, you know, that, that any of us didn't really, um, feel awful about, but the other side of it is that I think 
the people coming in, it sounds like um, Daniel Cherry, and I know Marie Javens, who's like my second probably closest person there behind Mark. And I've worked with her for a number of years and um, Michelle Wells, and they all have a really good vision for the company and the kind of um, the kind of uh, sort of comic landscape they want to create that has a really strong direct market, also has a differentiated and strong digital market and really leans in also to um, our graphic novels, both mature and young as things that um, draw in different audiences and, and get them into the shops in fun ways. So I'm hopeful about it. You know what I mean? But it's not, it's also like I've taken up so much oxygen in that, in that arena for so long and I've gotten to do so much, you know, that I promised myself like t 10 years, I posted this thing just yesterday, I think that was like a Facebook reminder where they sent me something that was like, we care about your memories, you know, and it was I like, saw that post. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the cover from my third issue of Detective, but it came out, I got the cover and posted it before our first issue came out. So it was like, you're, it was like my run on Detective is about to start with Jock and da da da. And I like, <laughs> teared up, I almost teared up. I was like, man, you know, I, and I told myself like, you know, 10 years, I got to bet on myself a little bit more at some point. I have to be able to, I still have at least one big project at DC. I have one that's this Nightwing book I've been talking about. And one other thing that is sort of equally, equally fun and big. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the way Jeff is doing like three jokers or that stuff. What are it? It, it's comments and it's part of the DCU, but it's not in mainline continuity necessarily. So okay. it has that kind of feel, um, but it's big. It's like a big, big fun thing. But, you know, having a footprint there, I also, I just have to dedicate myself to doing more of my own stuff. You know, I'm just too, too old not to at this point. I have so many ideas that I've wanted to do for so long and just haven't had a chance, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I, I have a quick, cause you brought up Nightwing one. You haven't mentioned to us once that you're working on a Nightwing book. No, okay. <laughs> this, this, is, <laughs> this is the first yeah. time I heard about that, but I, I, I forgot how closely you were tied to Nightwing in the past. I, as, as honest as you can give an opinion of it based on the fact that, I mean, you're with DC and everything. How did you feel about the Rick Grayson to Dickie boy to back finally? Oh, I mean, I was never a fan of the Rick Grayson stuff at all. Okay. I mean, I, that was not, I mean, that was, that was a really odd, I think, spasm of things at a moment that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not, it's not that there weren't good stories lined up or told. It was more just like, sometimes there's something that just is, you can see it's just not going to work with that character. Isn't working with that character as a kind of, you know, move. And sometimes people really surprise you and do amazing things within that kind of constraint. But this one I think was, was definitely not. I don't think a lot of people were rooting for that internally. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, in my opinion, I didn't think that the idea was terrible. I just think they let it go way too long. It should have been resolved a lot sooner and it could have made a nice tight little, Oh, yeah. he had to relearn who he was. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a cool, it's a cool story, not a status. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. Moby, send me those questions. Sal, do you, you must have something to ask. Yeah, I always oh, do. Um, so I, was just, this, <laughs> I always do. Uh, this is a long one, so I'll leave it alone. I'll just ask, um, you know, uh, you were talking about uh, donating a lot of the proceeds to the Bink Foundation. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about like how you learned about it and what uh, what it means to you? Yeah, I mean, it was really during the first shutdown with COVID where yeah. all the stores, um, you know, just suddenly were, were, were closing. And my feeling was like, you know, I saw it, I learned about it really through um, through other people at DC, through uh, Jim and, and people that we're vetting different charities, you know, that would give to, to retailers and independent bookstores. So uh, we talked to people there when we did, um, I was part of the auction with Gail and auctioning off pages and, and that stuff, which was a lot of fun. And so we, we came to know it as a really good place that cares about comic stores and independent booksellers. And we just figured 
with this. It was just, you know, we didn't want to be making money off retailers when what we're trying to do with this campaign, honestly, is fund a book that's meant to drive the direct market. It's an image book. It's an ongoing series. It's deliberately muscular and bombastic. It's huge fun. It's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be like a, almost like an image nineties book, but you know, done in our own way now. So we want it to be something that draws people into shops that has that kind of universal epic summer blockbuster horror appeal. Um, and so it's not designed like a lot of people do Kickstarter and uh, do it with a different business model, which is to do a single book or a book that comes out exclusively through that, which, you know, totally understand. And I think there's so many great projects I've learned about that are Kickstarter exclusive and then find homes afterwards. But we're in a, you know, privileged position, me and Tony, where what we're able to do here is have the series already committed to a publisher, take pressure off the publisher in terms of helping us. Um, Cause we could ask for a page rate, you know, it's like, I don't know how much inside baseball I'm giving you or if this is interesting to people at all, but like, <laughs> You know, indie publishers do offer page rates and, and advances generally to the to, to books um, that they know are going to buy creators that will, will pay it back. And then they duck those from the royalties. So you're taking an advance against the royalties of your book, but they're, they have to kind of assume that your book is going to do pretty well. For us, we had that offer, you know, from Image. But one of the things that we felt weird about was at a time when so many people were um, suffering, honestly, we felt we if we could find another means of doing it that allowed us to give people something fun, but also, you know, didn't take any resources away from Image at a time when they could be helping other books, it would be, you know, advantageous to everybody. So that's how we were thinking of it. I mean, for all I know, Image had resources for everybody. This It's nothing, I, you know, a lot of it is my, our own assumption and talking to Eric and them and just being like, we don't want to, we don't want to burden you guys with it. And they were super cool about it. So, but that's the idea is like, you know, here trying to think is part of that. It's like trying to do something that's at least retail or conscious. Like I have books, I'll be upfront too. I have books that I want to do that are digital first, you know? Mm. And I know that that can be controversial with retailers, but yeah. the way that I'm approaching digital first, I mean, look at deceased. I mean, I mean, look at, uh, or look at, um, injustice. I mean, and that stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Where there's a way to do digital first, where the digital version of it is even more, in my opinion, tailored for digital to show to show all of the potential of digital that's untapped, you know, um, in all kinds of ways, like clicking on something, yeah. seeing an interview with the creators, and then using print to package uh, the book in a whole different way with different back matter, different covers, different designs, different, all of it, so that each thing is special in its own right. And so that's, those are the kinds of things that excite me, you know, not, that's why Best Jacket to me, it allows me to be nimble. So if a creator I'm working with wants to do something that's like that, like, to be honest, like I'm doing a book with Francis Manipal, right? And the book is like highly, highly visual. I'm totally giving everything away, but it's like, and I shouldn't, but I'm just <laughs> going to do it. It's, uh, it imagines like a future where um, you can, people casually, you, the internet is now like neurological and you look through it, you can, you, you know, you see things uh, organically, like through your eye, your eyes are sort of the lens. But the big thing of it is you can kind of skin the world however you want. So everybody just casually, you know, the superstructure of the world is there. But like, if you want your car to have a different color, it's a different color. If you want it to have a slightly different look and be modified, it looks different. Nobody sees what you see, but everybody lives in like this subjective reality. So, um, and it's a murder mystery that takes place in this world where the detective keeps his setting always unclear where he sees the world as it is. Mm. And so it's a lot of fun. It's like he has a device that allows him as a, 
as a former officer to kind of see what everybody's seeing. So it's like a visual buffet. You know, you, somebody has it on porn setting. Somebody has it on 1930s cartoon setting. So the world, you just see it however you want. And there's no, there's no kind of objective way that everybody sees it. Right. Um, the point I'm trying to make is for digital, like a book like that, if we decided to go that way, which we haven't necessarily yet, um, allows us to, we would do it if we could have functions where you could like swipe and see the different filters yeah. that characters are looking through, right? And then when it comes out in print, have a whole different aspect to it, where what you have is like a description from me in terms of how we came up with the designs that isn't available digitally, you know, the, fe the, right. the features for print or a prose story or something that works for print better. So for me, I guess, not to get too, like, I don't know, like too abstract with all of it, but I really want to be a part of trying to find ways of, you know, creating stronger lanes in comics that help each other. I think the biggest problem we have, not the biggest, but a big problem that we have is that we, we're so at odds. I mean, it's just a reflection of the world and a reflection of the country, but we're at odds with, with each other all the time in terms of seeing one aspect of comics as either detached from another or competitive with another, mm -hmm. you know? And like, you know, there are ways that they can work more confluently within the ecosystem of comics to be like, you know what? Digital can actually help sell print if you do it right and not compete with it the same way if they're all doing something special and they're right. You know, you don't have to eliminate or take books like Dogman or that stuff away from the idea of comic shops to create an on-ramp for kids like my nine-year-old who is, you know, the Yogo Delish maniac who literally like, <laughs> um, who literally like goes straight from Bone, Jeff Smith Bone to Amulet to Witch Boy to then starting to explore Avatar and then from Avatar into more comic-based stuff, you know? Yeah. There's ways of just looking at the landscape and saying, how do we make it work together as one kind of machine or one ecosystem? You know, as opposed to saying, well, I, that's not us. Or this isn't, this isn't what we want. I don't like that. That's, you know? Yeah. But it's, I don't know. That's, so that's what I, it's fun with Best Jacket to get to try and, think outside the box with different books so maybe i'll fall on my face you know or totally fuck it up i don't know but the i'm outside so i can curse like now so. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's home i didn't like leaving outside but the, uh, <laughs> he just left him in there he's fine i, I like uh, no i agree with you on the digital front uh a lot of people are trying to argue print versus digital and I, i've been saying it in many of our shows i'm like digital has that unique ability to bring different like i love how they do they're doing it justice and i love how at monday through friday there was unique stories put out for digital and I agree, like, the print should be its own unique thing. It should be a collectible item. It should, like, there's a, I feel like there's a place for both, and both people are trying to argue. We only want one. Yeah. That's, and that's it's like, no, and yeah, exactly. we can have them both. And it also, it works for the way we think of mainline comics also. Like, there should be things like, you know, Ultimate Universe. There should be things like a, a strong mainline that that isn't glutted with books that aren't going to work there, like, books that have fallen so low on the mid list, uh, you know, that, that we keep them along because the trades do okay and retailers are stuck with them. You know yeah. what I mean? We have to have vetted, strong superhero books all across the line. And that just means like, for me, like it means if a book is selling well, you know, you expand it, it's great, whatever. But, you know, there should be a way to test books out too. And put also, if you decide you're going to try something different, and new, you put all support behind it and you commit to it for a sustained period of time. Like, yeah. but you know, if you have a million books going at once, it's hard. It was hard to get that traction with Dan and some of the people at, you know, with DC for a while. It was like, you have a few issues to see. And it's like, no, you have to, if you want these new characters to work, you have to commit to them and really tell great stories with them for a while and not do a million 
books all at once that, you know, are so, so noisy everywhere. You, you just gotta, you focus, you make sure everything is strong. You make sure each thing has a, you know, real, uh, a real, um, organic kind of driving engine of story that, that gives it life, you know, and that, and I don't know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah, it's yeah. so, it gets so cacophonous where it's like, you know, you're, you're, I just, it's, it's being smarter about how we, how we take really good risks with each part of our line, with each part of our, our, uh, our output, right. you know, like that to me. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I know, as, I mean, I only know it from one side. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I know I'm wrong about 90% of what I think, but I am, <laughs> I am, I am, I am really excited to try things. That's, I feel excited to be in a position where I can take some risks and, you know, throw some lines out and say, look, what if we did this through Brian's panel syndicate? What if we tried this through, you know, a book publisher? What if we try this, you know, we just do pay what you want or whatever, or free digital. I don't know, you know, so it's whatever the creators want to try. I, I'm up for it. You know? So that's, that's what's exciting. Yeah. 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 Well, when you have the clout to experiment, it's like, what's the, the risk is, no is never greater than the reward um so it's always worth taking that kind of risk uh when yeah, you have that I, when you have that advantage i mean yeah, i, I, I think a great I, example of them finally going exactly what you're saying just rolling into it and not trying to clutter it uh, i think miss marvel is a great example of a hero that 100%. they just we all we they went all in on miss marvel and now all she in. has basically a video game yeah like <laughs> that's what i'm saying that, that's what i mean it's like you got to give people you got to give things a chance you know what i mean you got to yeah. and there needs like when you have a line that has like so much churn and double ship and, and constant change the way it was for a while, it's hard to hook up like a doomsday clock and a, and us and everything's moving at different paces and it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard also to create, like I taught that workshop forever for three or four semesters and I loved it, but it was very hard to find work for the people in the workshop afterwards because the books were moving at such crazy paces you know all the time and it was one of the biggest disappointments of my time at dc was the difficulty i mean a lot of them did find work and found work at dc or elsewhere and then back and so on but it was um it's hard like that's the kind of stuff that you just need you need a design and a plan and i really feel good about the people there now having that and hopefully they'll be allowed to to really make some progress with it you know and i I, I'm, i'm hopeful about that i mean marie and michelle and 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 everybody there like they have a real prescriptive idea, I think, about how to make everything work really well in, in its way. And Jim, too. And um, that's the hope. You know, that's the hope is that, you know, they'll have a system where you can take a risk on new creators because it's one of the reasons I feel good about, like, moving to the side a little bit, even though, you know, I, I've gotten to, to eat up a lot of a lot of real estate on the main line for a long time. And I feel like it's time for other voices and people to come in and try new things. And I still have my space, DC, the way Jeff has, you know, with, with – uh, jokers and all that stuff but but uh i want them to take risks on new talent i want them to try risky things in the line while still having like a really strong main uh you know conventional thrust with the superheroes in a way you have to on the main books too and seeing seeing how it goes you know just keeping yeah. your eye keeping the core true but taking risks yeah. so i don't know <laughs> so i got a list of questions here we're probably we'll get through them all but i'm gonna go through it but i'd ask i, I gotta ask one myself i just got it one myself before yes why, why did you i want to know why we did not get an elaboration on batman's mother in a bat suit fighting him like oh, it pearl. was just 
<laughs> yeah, I love the that bro. I'm your I'm mother. Not... That was like, no, what? That's right? it. <laughs> I, I wanted to do a whole special just about Pearl. The Pearl. I love that whole. There's so many ideas. Like Batmage has a whole history, and the Batmobile man. We only got to do two pages with Daniel Warren Johnson. <sighs> yeah. And yeah. we had this whole Transformers planet thing where there's like a Joker thing, and it was like. Every evil Batman we really did vet and wanted a story for. Even evil baby Batman had like a bigger role. <laughs> but we just, what happened was, honestly, there was so much, so many changes at DC. Um, there was a moment at which, and I, let me say this by way of saying to creators who, um, who, who know this, like, but I want to, there were a lot of people, For there was a period at which we were going to actually take over the line for almost two months. Like, and so that would have been like 60 books, which was huge. I don't remember if I told you this, because I don't remember if I've spoken about it, but the, the idea was exciting. It was really daunting. And I kind of, we worried it might be way too much and people will get overload, but we had a lot of really cool things. We we're going to bring back shadow pact. There was a whole Sergeant rock plot. There was going to be like, you know, uh, all kinds of crazy fun stuff. But, um, that was before COVID and then COVID hit and that, plan got axed and for a minute we were going to do no crossovers and no tie-ins and then um then you know uh death metal one did better than they had hoped luckily uh, thank god and <laughs> they expanded it back again and gave us these giant 80 page specials and they gave us all these tie-ins so it, it was like kind of like this crazy you know we had a little room because dan wanted to do 5g and that was difficult for us to tie into and then we had a lot of room suddenly where it was like almost too much where it was like, okay, I'm going to do my Batman Transformers story. Why not? <laughs> and then it was going to be like, oh, we have just the right amount of room, but there's some things we have to leave on the, leave on the cutting room floor because we just right. don't have the real estate. So that's, that's really what it was. I would have, I believe me, I like, there's a whole backstory to the Pearl and the whole thing. So one, one day when we're not, we're not trying to answer a bunch of questions. I'll just be like, Scott, I just need you to tell me the story. Yeah. We're so, just going <laughs> to hear about, totally <laughs> hear about the Pearl. We got to hear about it. the arc was unbelievable. <laughs> the arc was, I love, dude, the arc is one of my favorites. Yeah. So, and well, Cole also Cole, the daughter of Bruce and Diana on that world. Right. That, that, that one is really fun too. We just had a comment where they stated the call is their favorite one that you guys created. I'm trying <laughs> well, to, they all come back just to, so oh, good. to spoil everything in issue six, issue six, uh, Space Lord said it. Yeah, where where what issue? God, issue four isn't even out. Oh my no, god, no, four's not out. Because you just had the Trinity one, uh, Trinity Crisis, god. and the Justice League tie-in just came out. Yeah, with yeah, uh, I Nightwing. So, I forgot it so far back. The uh, um, well, in issue six, not to give everything away, everything, <laughs> all the evil Batman come back and are and, and they're only one planet among many attacking, but you get all of them. So like every. The old Dark Knights, the new Dark Knights, everybody's there. So cool. you'll see them again, everybody that you're not okay. seeing. <laughs> uh, okay, first question I have here, because we're down to the last 15 minutes of our normally scheduled show, so let's start moving through these. Um, Scott, what comic series are you reading right now? Well, I've been reading a ton of stuff that's being sent to me by creators that I met through Kickstarter and other things. So I just read the first issue of the series called Giga. Um, great, by Alex. I, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, but it's like... Uh, Pe Per, Pekernik, I think. And John Lay is the artist on it. Um, and uh, it's fantastic. It's out from Vault and it, in, a, in a, like, I think it's just, it comes out in like a couple weeks. And it's, uh, imagines a world where these giant mechs fought this war and then suddenly stopped fighting and we live in them. All people have like made homes in them. It's great. Cool. It's like, it's super good. Um, I was just reading, 
in terms of series that I read like regularly now, I, I have to read so much DC stuff. Um, but other ones that I picked up um, recently, I caught up on Black Hammer because I'm going to be uh, doing something with Jeff for a bit, which is unbelievably great. Um, and Gideon's Falls because it's ending as well. Uh, I was reading um, uh, 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 James uh, Tynan recommended uh, Savage Shores, which was fantastic by Ram, uh, Ram V. And uh, Fearscapes also was really cool. So trying to kind of read off the beaten path a little bit more than I normally do, just because I've had to read so much DC stuff for so long. Donnie's killing it. I read Crossover early. That book is fantastic. Um, him and Jeff are I can't wait for that it. one. Yeah. It's really, yeah. it's great. It's just unequivocally really good. But the best book I have read in like all year, and I'm just going to say, is James's Department of Truth. That Martin Simmons and him, he, I called him the other day just to be like, because he gave me the first four. I read the first four issues of it. And I, 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 I like he and I talk every day multiple times. Like so, I and there's not no story that I do that I don't like vet with him, and he vets everything with me. So I know all of Department of Truth. Nice. But I like read it, and I was just like, you just did the best comic book I've read in like all year. <laughs> and the art, it's like next level. It looks like like I think I've read that you know one, Dave yeah. McKean, Bill Sienkiewicz kind of mixed with it's with mixed with Jock. It's just great. Cool. It's and it's so of the moment. It's so great. Wait till you see. I don't want to spoil anything about it, but that book coming out from Image this month in like, you know, a week or so is just fantastic. Okay, sweet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's not out yet. But yeah, of course you would have read it early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So the next question I have is back in Death of the Family, were you go? Where were you going with the idea of multiple Harley Quinns, or was it just a Joker ruse? No, I, I, it, it was, it was really a Joker story. I mean, I. I wanted to do something that I, I had not thought it out the way Sean thought it out for um, White Knight, which I thought was so brilliant the way he did that. Um, but I was playing with, the, I think a lot of us at that moment were playing with the idea of this new Harley simply because she was new at that moment. This is all the way back in like 2012, you know? Yeah. So that design of Harley was new and so many of us were used to the Bruce Tim that we were trying yeah. to figure out how to reconcile them. And so we were playing with it, but then it just became more of a Joker story. Okay. I'll take this one because it just promotes me and Sal. Uh, <laughs> is there a dark multiverse version of us as Batman? <laughs> oh, yes. I wish I, I if, if we had the 60 issues, I would have devoted one to you guys. Aww. I could do that. Oh, I appreciate there was like, that. <laughs> there was, it was like an issue for everybody. It was six. It was so fun to, I still have pictures of the whiteboard. I'll send them to you. Josh and okay. James came out to my house and we like set it up and we were like 60 issues. Let's do it. And there was like, <laughs> you know, swamp rock. And it was like <laughs> swamp thing and animal man together with Vixen and all these characters. And then there was like, you know, uh, the whole aqua, the Aquaman is the one he got really shortchanged in the story because we had a whole, he was one of the priorities of that 60 issue kind of thing. Mm. So he's still, he, I mean, I love his role and the black fleet, but it's definitely, I wish there was more room for him, but we, he was going to play a big, a really big role in the whole, um, in the whole sort of crossover had we had more room. That's cool. I, I love, did you do the swamp thing all, all the way back in the past? Like when you did your rot world all Thanks. the way back, when you first did it, it was amazing. So I'd love to yeah. see you actually get to do swamp thing more. Like you're doing a great job with them right now, but just to see like more just swamp thing centric stuff. I'd love, I'd love to you do more. I still want to do a run with Greg. You know, we're really trying to decide what to do next right now. So, you know, yeah. uh, where he still has two issues of death metal and, we have ideas. We really want to do create our own. I have a, you know, one that we've, we've decided we're going to do at some point, but I don't know if we're going to do it next or if we're going to take a break or we're going to do something right away. So we're still figuring it out. Cool. 
Uh, how do you feel about continuity and where does metal fit into that continuity? I'm combining two of the questions. Sort of like. That's a good question. I was just talking to Jeff Johns about that like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. okay. um, Fans the, uh, are asking us and our gen- my general answer when they're like, where does it fit? I'm like, if you want to know continuity, it's Justice League, death metal. Yeah. Everyone well, I, else is I, doing their own thing and if they don't reference it, ignore it. Like, <laughs> I have a very, I have like a very loose interpretation of, I always enjoy loose continuity in terms of not, I, I was never the person that was like, where does this fit? unless the story is meant to fit and connective. Right. But I've, I've developed a different sort of respect for it as a concept that's like a unifying kind of connectivity, even if it doesn't mean everything is causally linked. Um, like, people want to know that the stories they read matter, and that's all it is. Yeah. Like, emotionally matter. They don't have to have, like, caused something. That's the stuff I'd say let go of. Like, you're never gonna, it's never going to make sense why Batman doesn't call the Justice League all the time for every problem or that why is he on this planet while in Batman he's on Earth. Like that doesn't, you're never going to get answers to that except, you know, unless like, you know, somebody makes an amazing, incredible diagram, some poor intern. <laughs> see. But like what, what I Your job to make it fit. <laughs> death metal is very much about making everything matter. That's the point of it. It's, it's really... It's it's saying goodbye to a certain era of comics and welcoming the next era with enthusiasm and saying everything that you've read over the last 10 years, 15, 20 years, but really over the last 10, some things have gotten disconnected, some things got trampled, some things, you know, are more important, but, you know, um, have overshadowed things that, that should be remembered, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, um, the goal of it at the end is for wonder woman she realizes in issue five in some ways that she needs to change course right now she's trying to create the biggest crisis ever so that she has the energy to start the multiverse over in a way that essentially uh is infinite and in being infinite uh she believes that she can sort of erase this moment or at least move past it and just sort of erase you know bring back everybody that died take away the things that are, are problematic and just move forward and what she realizes is that the opposite energy, the anti-crisis energy, connecting everything, you know, having a reckoning with your past, your sins, your triumphs, making sure you remember all of it is, is part of what allows you to move forward and create an exciting new future. So in that way, um, it's extremely about continuity. It's like all about making all continuity matter. So it won't, it's like, log- logically, you can't really do that. Like, there's no way to be like, Batman is 80 years old. <laughs> right. But he's not going to become, <laughs> and he's not going to become, like, 80 years old. But what, what, what you can do with it is, um, what I do feel like you can do with it, and what we're trying to do is say, the, the characters realize that all of this stuff has happened, um, and that it's happened in the way that it has, because the timeline has been knotted by Perpetua and these, you know, this kind of, this villainous sort of, use of this energy at different times to make each moment more important than the last while all of them are important equally like the whole thing matters your whole history matters all the things you did wrong all the things you did right all of it is uh, is important and consequential so that's what we're going for and we want people to say and now we're ready for whatever awesome thing comes next so that's that's the that's the that's the celebratory kind of Slightly sad, really happy, all kinds of stuff at the end of metal. That's what we want. I want it to be something that makes people feel excited for the next era and really celebrates this era as the as a moment when kind of it it ties a lot of things from history together and says, you know, now just go forward and, and make something awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh I got another question here for you, and I, I'm gonna kind of rephrase it a little because I know what they're trying to ask you. 
So the, will we ever see a, like a fully fleshed out story of how the Batman who laughs conquered his DC universe, almost like a Batman kills the DC universe style kind of thing where he just goes through a rat. Uh, I would love to do it. Believe me, like nobody would like that more. There was like a time when I had a, the Batman who laughs series was, was going to be longer and had a lot of that stuff in it, but it was more like, I just started to worry that I was getting a little edgelordy about like how many ways we could show how we could kill like how evil he was constantly. Mm-hmm. So, and I was w- worried that people were going to get sick of him. So I feel like I would love to do that. Um, but maybe my hope is that it gets taken up in other formats, you know, with DC okay. being more synergistic, the hope, maybe we get to work on an animated thing, or maybe we get to work on, you know, something that shows those digitally. Like I'd love to do it in a different format somehow and get to do it. Mm. Okay. I mean, it, however you do it, it'd be epic to see that. Like that, like yeah. I mean, that would work. You just, you just said digitally, but make that your digital thing. You know, it'd be, it'd be, I, I would Batman that. I would killing like everyone. <laughs> I would do like a deceased version of like my digital stuff, where it's like how Batman who last took over everything. I'd love that. Yeah, that would be incredible. How do we? How, can we call DC? I'm sure you get better connections than we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll end it with this one just because you mentioned it earlier. Uh, wait, no. Okay, actually, we'll ask this one right here. A while ago, you said you wanted to do a four-issue Detective Chimp miniseries. I do. Are you still open to doing it? Yes, I really do. It was going to be a Black Label book I was going to do, and then uh, Detective Chimp became this huge part of um, of uh, Justice League Dark. So then I was kind of like, oh, I, I, I guess I, it was almost like I used him so much, and then he was being used so much that it lost the kind of like, nobody uses this character. This will be my place to do something like I used him in metal right. in all these ways. So I really would love to, I do have this story that I'm really fond of that we touched on a little bit in the, in the, um, the wild hunt, the one Grant and I did together, um, for metal one. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it someday. But, uh, yeah, the end of death metal is wait crazy. Wait till you see, cause he's <laughs> in it too, but there's also okay. like this whole Superboy prime arc and all this kind of stuff coming. So really happy with it. So, I think we're all excited. I mean, everything you've done with death metal, I've just been hooked and attached to just Thanks. in general. Uh, I, oh, do you, did you dictate what happened in today's justice league? It's the one where, yeah. uh, okay. That, th- yeah. Cause it tied in very well. And whenever it comes to tie-ins, I always wonder how much you had like a direct hand in or how much you were like, this has to happen. Whatever you do around. Oh, it, I, I don't, don't care. I never do that, but I, it was okay. Josh, Josh is like, you know, he, he was here for all the architectural stuff on death metal. He's like, he and James are like my, twin pillars like next to me of like building metal and then this so um i had to do very little in terms of oversight with it but we built that structure together you know what i mean like that right. jo- james and josh are coming back to do the framing stories for me on the multiverse that laughs and on with Patton oswald and all these people and um and then with uh the war of the multiverses and the last story stuff which you know bring back again like mark wade all kinds of people to do the last superman story the last you know, Black Canary story and Gail, all this kind of fun stuff. We're really excited about it. And then have brand new creators as well on a bunch of the multiverse at war story stuff from Shea Grayson, Regine Sawyer, Chris Sabella, people from my um, my workshop, Mags, a bunch of people. So really thrilled about the mix of like creators uh, up and coming and uh, legacy. And uh, yeah, so it was, it's been a great, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. So I love this one. I really well, love I'm, this one. Honestly, I, it's a, one of those ones where you just don't care. Where you're like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I mean, I care. Like, I hope you love it. Yeah. I, mean, I love it. Like, and the ending, 
like it brings everything like Luthor and Lobos and all of it, like everything, everything we've been building to comes back. And I'm really proud of how it ends and the note that it ends on and what it's about, because it speaks to the way that I feel about comics right now, which is really hopeful about new voices and new directions and all of that. While I feel like, uh, you know, um, that that some of the changes like that happening to DC or happening to the industry are really scary. And that's in the story too. Um, but that we're going to make it through and that, uh, the stuff on the other side, hopefully will be even better. So, you know, that's, it's, it's a very heartfelt story as crazy as it is. I swear. It's like <laughs> the ending has like the zaniest fat Godzilla shit that you'll ever see. But at the same time, it's like very much like, you know, it's got a love letter. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we can all tell you you love doing it. And if, just the fact that you've wanted to talk about it so many times with Sal and I, we know that you're really enjoying this whole story <laughs> and what you're doing with it. Uh, really thank you am. so much for joining us today. We're going to let you take off because you got a kid who you've bribed with a ton of candy who needs to go <laughs> eat it all. Uh, the chat theorized when you left your house that you just left a pile of toppings mm. on the counter for your kid to eat while you were out. I eat that's all you I said your wife is That's like my whole parenting. <laughs> that's like my whole parenting strategy usually. So just leave toppings. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna hop off, but thank you again, all guys. Right. All right, bye. Thanks so much for being here. All right, Sal. Uh, I think at this point it's time for us to start closing out our show like normal. I think so too. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. Next week, we'll be back to normal. I, I assume unless Scott hits it up and wants to talk again. Uh, but yeah, next week, we'll be back to normal. Uh, we'll be going through all of our topics and stuff like that, as always. Of course. Uh, I mean, yeah, sorry, Teffy. By the time we had a lot of open room to answer questions, uh, Bopi sent me, I, I have the list here. It was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. <laughs> then I had five more over here. And Scott takes like five minutes per question. So what he finally got to answer questions. We had like 20 minutes left. So yep. I had to kind of pick a juice. <laughs> Even Sal had to be like, all right, well, I'm just listening. Now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, had, I had two questions just in case. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll keep these ready, but I don't think we're going to get to them, which is totally fair. I yeah. want to make sure everybody in the chat had their questions answered. Uh, I, I could just I could just text him my question actually <laughs> I mean, we could just dm him but yeah thanks so much guys for joining us today don't forget you can find this uploaded onto itunes spotify all the usual locations it goes live uh in a week on the youtube channel i have been getting better about releasing it i did just release the other episode uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's on schedule sal i got better about all it. all right all right great <laughs> Uh, when I forget things, Sal politely hits me up with, hey, so uh, when are we, when we releasing an Absolute Comics? Literally, I'm oh, like, yeah. well, we're shooting today, and uh, last week's not out, so I'm just thinking maybe, you know, they'd be excited to see it. And you're like, yeah, they would. <laughs> they would totally. Yeah, let me just um, hmm, click, 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 click. Well, it's out. I don't know what you're complaining about. It's got three <laughs> views, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, guys, you can find Sal on the YouTube channel, Comic Pop. You can find me over at Comic Story and uh, and thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to come back Thursday for Comics Experiment and the Capes and Pals game in which Dan and Andy are going to be fighting against the Merciless. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks so much. We'll see you next time right here.